welcome back to Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert. Life isn't about finding yourself. It's about discovering who God created you to be. But things like fear, insecurities, lies, and even past wounds keep us from receiving God's best and releasing the very best version of ourselves into the world. This show is a safe place you can come to hear relevant, engaging, and authentic topics to help you get real, live free, and pursue your God-given dreams. Today I'm pulling back the curtains on my own life and I'm getting real about a struggle I've had that God's convicting and correcting me on. But before I dive into that, I want to share some really exciting news that I've been just so excited to release to you guys. So starting January 8th of 2020, this show is going to be delivered to you weekly. Um, So you can expect a new episode every Wednesday morning to help you not just survive, but thrive through your week. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but back when I started this podcast a little over a year ago, I started out with just one show a month, then I bumped it up to two. And now that I get to go weekly, I'm just really excited because I don't know, this show just, it brings me so much joy on many levels. And honestly, it's just an honor that you choose to listen in. And hey, um, stats actually show that over 75% of you listen on your Apple podcast app. So if you haven't already left a review on there, it would be so helpful if you can take a moment to do so. It blesses me to read those. Plus, it gets to show in front of more listeners who need some truth and encouragement. All right. Now on to the hard, awkward topic that I'm going to talk to you about today and uh, why I'm here with you. And that is, drum roll please, my Instagram addiction. Okay, so here's the funny thing about this solo episode. I knew I wanted to close out this year with an episode just with me chatting with you and letting you know what to expect. And honestly, I was wanting to be some amazing rah-rah-ree type of thing um, to just, you know, finish out the year strong and get excited about 2020. And I had been praying about for a while what topic to do, and I just wasn't hearing anything from God until he started to wreck me about my addiction to Instagram. And honestly, I'm not going to go into the details about how he got me to this place of feeling really just wrecked. Wrecked is a really great word for me to explain how I have been wrestling with this addiction to Instagram. And I'm just, I'm calling it an addiction because honestly, I've been addicted for a while, but I was in denial. And usually that's kind of how addiction rolls. Most people who are addicted to things, drugs, alcohol, sex, porn, whatever you want to fill in the blanks with, shopping online, it's usually takes a long time for us to recognize that it's an addiction. And so here's the deal. If you're listening and you're going, well, Rachel, I'm not addicted to Instagram. I'm not even on Instagram. So I guess I shouldn't listen to today's episode. I want to encourage you otherwise, because chances are most of us most of us, honestly, if you're a human being, um, you have some form of addiction in your life or addictive behaviors. Now, some people are definitely more prone to addiction. I am one of those people that I have what they call, and and I hesitate to say this out loud because I don't like speaking it over myself, but it's, I just know it about myself. I'm very self-aware in this area that I have 
a personality that is prone to addictive behaviors very easily. If you take a look at my life, the things that I've had to overcome, you know, like eating disorders, that's a very addictive behavior. It's a very OCD, obsessive compulsive type behavior. And so one thing I've seen about addictions is a lot of times they'll go away in one area of our life and then they'll pop back up in a new way. And so that's why I'm really, really passionate about getting to the root of what's causing some of these things. And so after I share with you a little bit about my Instagram addiction and what God's been teaching me, I am going to talk to you a little bit about discovering those roots and everything so that we can just pull this thing up and it not pop up in a new area of our life. Okay. So by the way, if you're listening also, and you're thinking, well, I don't know what I'm addicted to. You could ask a friend or family member. (laughs) Most of the times they can see it in us much better than we can see it in ourselves. Um, But just make sure you're in a good place to hear it. Because a lot of times we don't want to tell each other what we see in each other because we're not real sure how well it'll be received. So make sure you're all prayed up. You've read the Bible. You're in a good place mentally. And then ask somebody who you know loves you and is not just attacking you, but is going, yeah, actually, I do see maybe you have a full-on addiction or you have addiction, addictive tendencies that could bloom into a full-on addiction, okay? And here's the deal. Like I told you, some of the things I'm going to share with you, I'm, I'm, I'm about to get very real with you today. And, you know, it's interesting because I bring guests on this show a lot. And honestly, a lot of them get very vulnerable. A lot of them get very real and they share things. And so when the table's turned and I am coming to you with a topic that I feel really strongly that God wants me, honestly, I argued with God about this. I'm like, come on, God, give me a cool topic. Give me something really just exciting and, you know, go get them and all that stuff. And and I actually felt like he said, Rachel, this is going to release some people to go get them because it's the things that are done in the dark, in the secret, behind closed doors that we don't want anybody to know about that really hold us back a lot from these God-given dreams you hear me talk about and living this life of freedom and, and being able to be real and authentic with each other It starts by just confessing our sins to each other. In fact, I did an interview. It hasn't released yet, but, um, and I'm not going to say too much about it because I want to save it for the interview, but she made a statement that said, she said, confession is the highest form of communication. And so the best way we can have a great line of communication between us and God and us and the people in our lives is to just confess to each other our sins. And that's a really good and positive thing. Because here's what I know about shame. The secret to demolishing shame is to bring our sin into the light. So honestly, whenever God started convicting me about this whole thing I have going on with Instagram, it was really tempting for me just to walk through it alone. In fact, I did walk through it alone for the first several days. And then I told my husband and he immediately confirmed what I was feeling conviction wise. Um, You know, he saw all that. He's like, oh, yeah, definitely. I see that. And I'm so glad you want to work on this kind of a thing. Very supportive. And uh, here's the thing is, though, I could have stopped there. I, I do not have to go live on this podcast and tell all of you about it. Like, honestly, that's a little mortifying when I think about you guys listening to this. I'm like, oh, my gosh, are we really doing this. And, um, but, but you know what? Shame would tell me I need to keep this in the dark. Shame would tell me, Rachel, you shouldn't tell anybody about this. Cause what are they going to think of you? What are they going to think? You know, when you get real with them and you pull back the curtains and, and here's why I, I want to do this for you guys, because I want you to know that 
everybody we see, especially in the online world, there is no way for me to really show you. We have to understand when we get onto social media, for example, we're, we're going to talk lots about social media today. We are seeing people's highlight reels. And, you know, that's always bugged me in a little bit. And, and I try my best hardest to be real even on social media and show some behind the scenes, which is why I like stories so much on Instagram, because I do feel like stories gives us a glimpse into the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? The behind the scenes stuff. But at the end of the day, there is no way for even someone like myself who tries to be real on social media to be 100% real because there's things going on in my husband's and I life that I can't air online. I can't air those things on social media because it involves more than just myself. You know, if a story involves just me, I don't mind sharing it. But when it involves my husband or our business or my kids or family members or friends, I can't, that's not my story to share, you know? So I just want you to remember that when you look at social media and when you go to get on there, please know you have got to be in a really good place mentally to get on there because you're about to walk into an environment of everybody's highlight reels. So imagine you're going into a party and you've been dealing with depression for weeks and you go to a party that you know is full of people who all they're doing that night is sharing their, vaca- their vacation, they're sharing about their job promotion, they're sharing about all the amazing things that are happening in their life. Is that really the smartest place for you to be in that moment? Probably not. You know, you might need to be a little bit um, in a better mental mental health place before you enter into that. Okay, so enough beating around the bush about that. I want to share with you four convictions and four corrections that God gave me about my addiction to Instagram. And honestly, I keep saying Instagram instead of Facebook because I am on Facebook, but I don't have as my Instagram, my addiction is heavier over on Instagram. I think Facebook just overwhelms me anymore. It's just so, so noisy over there. But again, please fill in the blanks. If this particular example doesn't apply to you, please know everything I'm going to share with you today is applicable to anything where you may be struggling with some form of addiction. Okay. All right. And, and here's why I also say that God convicted me and he corrected me is because in 2 Corinthians 7.10, it says that godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. I don't know about you, but when God convicts me, I actually feel I had a, a, and this is how real this topic is to me. I just, God just started really heavily dealing with me a week ago on this. I am one of those people that whenever God convicts me, I feel physically nauseous. That whole sorrow that leads us to repentance, I feel that in my stomach. It's like I feel like I could throw up. But here's the thing. When we get that kind of sorrow in a worldly perspective, you know, 2 Corinthians just says it leads us to death. And so that is opposite of what God wants. God shows us things. He convicts us so that he can correct us so we can get back on the right path. He does not convict us to condemn us. Okay. So if you at any point today listening feel condemnation, that's not from God because condemnation tells you there's no hope. You're such a loser. I can't believe you did this. You suck. Like uh, It's just all the worst things, okay? But conviction leaves us to repentance and corrects us, all right? So that's what I'm talking with you about today. So here are the four convictions that God gave me initially about Instagram. Let me be honest with you. As this continues to unravel, I'm sure he's going to keep teaching me more things, but I felt like I was supposed to go ahead and record this while I was brave enough to do it, to be honest, and while it was still fresh on my mind, okay? 
So the first thing that God convicted me of was I just had to repent to him for not representing him well. And it made me ask, I feel like he asked me this question, can I even be trusted with influence? I feel like so many of us, whether you're in my shoes where you're, you know, you have a podcast and you are, um, you know, trying to write a, a book and you're a speaker or maybe you're a business owner. I think this whole Instagram addiction is applicable to more than just those of us who are in those categories. I feel like the day and age in which we live, everybody across the board is feeling some form of pressure to be somebody in the online space. And you don't even really know why. You're just like, you feel like you need to be insta-famous to be, you know, worth anything. And and I'm not saying that for everybody, but I just am seeing this more and more. And it made me, I really had to repent to God because I realized a lot of the hustle that I got into in the Instagram world stemmed from a place of wanting to have influence when in reality, I don't know that God could even trust me with influence because of the way I was operating in the online world. Does that make sense? So that was the first thing I had to do. The first conviction he gave me was just to repent to him for not representing him well, because everything I do should be a reflection of him, not a reflection of me. And I had to repent of that. The second conviction he gave me was that I had made an idol out of being popular. And here's a quote. You may have heard it when I did the Biblical Body Image series on this uh, podcast this summer. The idols consume you while you pursue them. They disappoint you when you get them. And they devastate you when you lose them. And I I really had. I had made this idol out of, oh man, if I could only reach a certain number status on Instagram, then I'll be someone. Well, we know that's not true, right? But yet it was consuming me. It It was like I was always thinking, my brain was always going in this place of, well, how could I get more followers? Or how could I, you know, connect more people? How could I? And oh my goodness, that's so not what God wants for us, any area, but especially in this the social media world, it's extremely powerful tool that we can reach people for the gospel and to spread the good news of Christ or to, you know, do more with your business or whatever it might be to have more influence. But it's just a vehicle. It is not the God that we're, we're intended to worship. The third thing he convicted me of that I was, and this one actually is the one that made me sick to my stomach when I told you that earlier when I realized it. He convicted me that I was more connected in my heart to my online friends than God, my husband, my family, and in real life friends. Because I realized what was happening was, you know, when I was lonely, I would get on Instagram and want to like maybe go watch somebody's stories and see what they're up to today. Or you know, being in the room with my husband and my kids, but not really there because I was swiping through stuff on there. And that really wrecked me because if you know me at all, um, one thing that I'm really passionate about is that there is no amount of influence, of ministry position, of business success, anything like that, that is worth sacrificing my home relationships for. And that has been a really big priority to me. So when I realized that this was happening in my life, it just hurt my heart because I was like, Lord, I am so sorry. I've been letting these online friends fill a void in my soul that only God can fill or that only my husband should be filling. And I and like, if you're my friend on Instagram, I just want you to know, I love you. I really do. I'm grateful for you. 
But we should never be looking to our online friends to as more important or ha- more highly regarded than those who are right here physically present in the room with us. Okay. And then the fourth and final thing that God convicted me of for now, anyways, was I was getting my worth through Instagram and numbers, comments, and messages that were affirming me. Oh my goodness. So I would make a post and then check my my notifications like 10 million times a day. And when I'd see a comment come through, I would just, oh, it was just so exciting. It was literally, I know this sounds so weird, but it's like um, the buzz that, you know, somebody who's addicted to drugs, they love that initial high they get on the drugs. But guess what happens with everything we're addicted to, whether it's drugs, alcohol, um, sex, and, you know, in my case, Instagram, this is so awkward, you guys, but it is never enough. Have you noticed that That any addiction in your life, even shopping and things like this, when it's a true addiction in your life, it's never that need is never met because your tolerance levels raised just like a drug drug addict. You know, it started out with just one thing that they did, you know, but then that high wasn't enough. So they had to do more and they had to do more and they had to do more. And that's what I found myself getting into with Instagram. There were never enough likes to to satisfy me. There were never enough comments or praises or whatever to satisfy me because I was looking for my worth in there, not from God. All right. So those are my convictions. Now, let me show you the things that God corrected me on. Because again, God doesn't convict us without giving us some correction and redirection. So please know this, that if as I'm speaking, God starts to convict you of something, could be this area or a completely different area, just know he will also give you some correction and guidance to go with it because he loves us. He does this. He convicts and corrects us because he loves us. Just think about your if you're a parent and you have a kid and your kid is trying to run into the middle of the interstate, you will fight them with all your strength because you want to save their soul. And that's the same way God feels about us when he sees us in a behavior that is just damaging us, um, our own soul, our relationship with him, our relationship with other people, he's going to stop us. Okay. So let's talk about those corrections. Okay. So the first correction that God gave me was to count the cost before posting or participating in any Instagram activity. And, and even for, he, he just convicted me to ask the question, am I representing God well when I do something on here? Um, and here's the really, a really hard question that he asked me that was very eye-opening. Would I be embarrassed if someone I respect saw how I was spending my time and influence on there? That's a really great, great question. And again, this could apply to any area of your life. If somebody, think about the one, we all have at least one person. Most of us have more, but think of one person who you really look up to, who's just like, wow, you just really admire that person. Imagine if they saw behind closed doors the, the behaviors we were participating in. How would you feel about that? Well, God does see them all. <laughs> I definitely look up to him. And so uh, that was a great just question for me to make sure my behaviors are a great re- reflection of him. The second thing that he corrected me on was to lean into my worth in God. Now, I know this is a statement we all hear a lot. You know, oh, we're, you know, you're you're worth so much more. You're worth more than gold and rubies and all this stuff. And I don't say that sarcastically. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes when I hear the Christianese statements that we hear over and over, 
it is hard for my heart to receive them sometimes. And I think it's because my the, the, the soil of my heart hasn't been receptive to hear them. And I think that God really wants, I don't think, I know God wants us to know how much he loves us and how much our worth is not defined by any numbers, whether it's social media numbers, whether it's the number of money in your bank account, whether it's the number on the scale, all those things. He He's just like, guys, that does not matter to him. That is not what our worth is in. So he has me on this journey currently of leaning into him to discover my true worth in him. The third thing that he um, corrected me on was to be intentional with my in real life relationships. So lately, as I've felt when I feel loneliness rise up and I think, oh, I want to get on Instagram and see what everybody's up to. Before I let myself do that, I'll send a text to whoever God puts in my heart. Sometimes it's my husband. Sometimes it's a friend. It's some kind of thing. But just to really cultivate those in real life relationships And then the fourth thing that he corrected me on was to stay in a place that I'm always reminded that the only reason I ever share anything wise or helpful is because of the Holy Spirit in me. He 100% gets the credit. When I stay in this place of humility, it reminds me, Rachel, the only reason anybody listens to this podcast is because God's here. I really am convinced of that. I mean, I don't think that it's because I'm so amazing. I think it's because before I go to record a podcast interview or a solo episode, uh, you don't see this, but I get on my knees in the place where I record and I consecrate the ground to the Lord and I consecrate the mic and the computer. And I'm like, God, I make a plan, but here you take the reins. You do with it what you want to. And honestly, every single time Holy Spirit shows up and he moves, and it's beautiful, and it's anointed. That's the only reason that anybody gets helped by sitting underneath my words. That's it. And that's that's like 100% it. And when I constantly remind myself of that, it makes it easy for me not to want to get my affirmation from people saying, wow, that was so great. Because I'm like, oh, yes, God, that was so great. You did such a great job with that. Okay. All right, so I'm going to move on really quickly then. We're going to wrap up this confession time by me telling you um, some cognitive behavioral therapy for overcoming addiction, okay? Because again, some of you listening are probably like, yes, Rachel, I understand the Instagram addiction thing. And um, especially if you're somebody in my shoes that is maybe either running a business or, you know, if you want to be an author, they care so much about numbers. And that has been a big wrestling point for me. And I don't have time to go into that today, but that's really kind of what led me on the journey. I used to just get on social media and enjoy it for fun until, you know, publishers started caring about your numbers and things. And then I started looking at numbers and it started becoming this obsession thing. And so I want to talk to you about cognitive behavioral therapy. That's just a type of therapy. Y'all know I'm in school to be a therapist. So um, I'm going to give you a little glimpse into it. We're not going to talk too long about it, but I think it's going to be a really practical way for you to take away today to, because I don't want you just to listen to my confessional time. I want you to also walk away with something practical that you can do for any area that God might highlight to you he says, "Mm, there's a little bit of an issue there. We need to work on this. Cognitive behavioral therapy helps people address problematic thoughts and feelings to overcome addiction. Um, And it shows that many harmful actions and emotions are not logical or rational. It's because these feelings and behaviors, they could come from past experiences 
or environmental factors, which is why, you know, at the beginning of the show, I even mentioned in passing that sometimes past wounds can be what are affecting the way we're functioning because we, in those moments of those past thoughts or things that have happened in our life, in those times, irrational thoughts can be planted into our brain. And so then we're now operating from a place of irrational beliefs, okay? So when an addicted person understands why they feel or act a certain way and how they choose the feelings and actions that lead to the substance use or pornography use, or in my my example, the Instagram use, they're better equipped to overcome their addiction. So triggers, you might have heard that word before, there are certain situations that can trigger cravings throughout the day, and it keeps people addicted from getting help or from getting sober in that area. Now, let me say something about my example of my Instagram addiction. So for me, I don't have to I don't feel led like, actually, I had a few days where I got completely off of Instagram. And honestly, the first day in, it was very aware to me how much I relied on Instagram because it's kind of like, if you ever done a sugar fast and the first three days are miserable because like your body kind of goes into shock and you're like, oh my gosh, what's happening? I need sugar, you know, or caffeine or something. That's really how I felt about Instagram. I took a, a full three-day fast And I noticed so many times throughout my day where I would have reached for my phone and would have been in swiping mode at that point or posting random pictures or whatever. And it made me much more aware of how often I grab for it. Now, here's the deal. When I'm talking about addiction right now, I I don't feel led, even though I did ask God if he wanted me to 100% lay down Instagram. As of right now, the recording of this show, I don't feel um, led that I'm supposed to 100% lay Instagram down, but he did give me some very solid boundaries to put into place because like I told you guys, I, I do have a tendency to have an addictive personality. I have to personally delete the Instagram app off my phone when I'm in these seasons of God telling me to pull back. And so if I do post something, I'll either post it from my computer or I will, you know, download the app, post whatever I need to respond to whatever messages I need to, and then delete it and take a few more days off. Like That's kind of the system I'm in right now because I just know I need to pull back. For me personally, having the app on my phone, I just can't do it. <laughs> Not right now. It's like to me, when you're trying to overcome a sweets addiction and you keep cookies in the house, I can't do that. Um, I just know myself and I have to put really solid boundaries in place. But with this addiction that I'm talking to you about right now with this the cognitive behavioral therapy, you know, if you're applying this to, for example, if you're, you know, somebody who's addicted to alcohol or drugs, that is much more of a, a cold turkey type thing where, you know, if you're a true alcoholic, having some drinks really isn't the best idea, you know? So I want to just be really clear here that what I'm referring to is definitely more of an approach to things that aren't ruining your life or killing your life, but yet if it's too much of even one thing, it can become an idol. And so that's what this was for me with Instagram. So let's talk about those triggers though. Here are some skills for managing triggers. If you want to remember three, a little acronym, RAC, R-A-C, you're going to recognize, avoid, and cope. So recognize means to identify which circumstances lead to using or doing the addictive behavior. 
So for me, yeah, my overuse of Instagram, some some um, examples would be if I'm feeling lonely, like I said, instead of reaching out to in real life people, I found myself reaching out to online people or sometimes like a really stressful day. That's like my way to decompress. Well, let's all be real here for a second. I, I don't I don't know anybody who getting on Instagram or let's 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 step on some toes today. How about even Netflix? I'm not convinced that numbing ourselves out with media is the way to refuel. I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe you're somebody listening and you're like, actually, yes, I feel really refueled when I do that. Granted, maybe a good cheesy Hallmark, you know, Netflix movie every now and then that does refuel me. I'm not going to lie about that. But I think that oftentimes we want to numb out the hard stuff we're walking through. You know, I, I alluded to this in the beginning of this episode, but my husband and I have been in a hard season with some different things. I'm not, I can't go into details about it. It's all going to be okay, but it's been a really, really stressful season for us. And my temptation is to numb out on Instagram. I want to pretend like nothing's happening. <laughs> like it just, that it's all going to be okay. And it is all going to be okay, but not because of Instagram, not because I was able to numb out and do enough swiping and get enough validation in there. It's all going to be okay because I serve a great big God who I have faith in that he has helped us overcome things in the past. He's going to help us overcome what we're currently walking through. And so I think we should be very aware and recognize that when we're feeling triggered to participate in an addictive behavior, maybe it's, you know, binging on sweets late at night. Um, that used to be a big one for me. And so I had to just get the, I could, I, I still to this day cannot keep big piles of sweets in my house because when I'm down and when I'm depressed, that's what I want to go do. But that does not fix the problem. It does not. It might temporarily put a bandaid on it and make me think I'm feeling better, but it really, really doesn't. Okay. So that's the recognize. The A is avoid. So remove yourself from trigger situations whenever possible or appropriate, which is exactly what I was just talking about. If sweets is your trigger, uh, then get them out of the house. You know, like just, it's not even worth it. And like I said, with me with Instagram, I have to delete the app off my phone. If the app is on my phone, it's almost a guarantee I'm going to abuse it, at least right now while I'm getting this addiction and this um, this craving under control. And then maybe I can bring it back on um, whenever I feel like in a mental state of mind that I can handle that. And then the C is cope. So you can use um, CBT, which stands for Cognitive Behavioral Therapy Techniques, to address and alleviate emotions and thoughts that lead to that addictive behavior. So let me expand on this part real quick, and then we'll be done here. You have thoughts, feelings, and actions. This is the coping a- aspect of this um, behavioral therapy. So let me give you an example, again, using my Instagram example with my thought. So here's the irrational thought that I can have. If I'm not on Instagram every day, I won't have friends and my dreams will never come to pass. Do you see how irrational that is, right? But a lot of times the root of our addictive behaviors have some kind of irrational thought there. Then with that thought comes a feeling. Okay, so then my feeling is fear of missing out, anxiety, pressure, stress, sadness, all kinds of feelings there, right? And then from those feelings come actions. So Here's the action, Uh, an unhealthy amount of time and energy worrying about my Instagram account or worrying about 
what am I going to eat today? Whatever your thing is, okay? Fill in the blanks on this for me. I'm just giving you some examples. So your thoughts lead to your feelings and your actions. Another way to put this is that your root affects your mood and your mood affects your behavior. So let me put fill in the blanks for you there. Your root, which is your thoughts, affect your mood, which are your feelings, and your mood, your feelings, affect your behaviors, which are your actions. Okay. All right, guys, this, I know this was kind of a lot thrown at you. Really my prayer if that you take away from today's episode is that you recognize we are all battling something, something that might be holding us back from God's best in our life. Maybe it is from you pursuing something, but honestly, maybe it's just from having peace in your life or from really enjoying your your you know husband as much as you could or or your kids or or whatever it might be. So I just want to leave you with you before we enter into 2020. You know, we're right here at the holiday time. Just you answering this question and even just taking a moment when you hop off this podcast today, I want you to ask God if there is anything in your life that has become something that is addictive, that is getting between your relationship with you and him and you and your your family and your friends. All right. And if there is something, I know he's going to highlight it to you, but he's going to do it in such a gentle way. I think sometimes we're afraid to ask this question because we don't want to know the answer. Just like we don't really want to ask our, our family what types of behaviors we participate in that aren't really pleasing to them or aren't building them up or ourselves up because we're afraid of the answer. But can I just encourage you, don't be afraid of these answers. Don't be afraid of what people are going to say back to you because God and those closest to you, they're for you. They're not against you. The only reason we ever tell anybody in our life that they've got something going on that maybe they need to address is because we love them, because we want the best for them. And I I want the best for you. So just please, that would be like the best Christmas gift ever. If you would ask that question to God, ask it to those who love you. And if you feel bold enough, feel free to come share it with me. Um, I am still on Instagram, just not in the heavy doses that I was before. Um, so if I take a minute to get back to you on there, that's why. Please know too, moving forward, I feel like God's giving me a little bit of a different strategy that the two places that you're really going to be able to connect and engage with me the most are right here on this podcast since we're going to a weekly episode. And then also um, I send out emails. Um, Sometimes they're bi-weekly. I have a goal to start doing them at least weekly moving forward. And so if you're on my email list, you'll hear from me. But when you hit reply to those emails that I send, I read all of those and I try to respond. I can't always respond to all of them, but I definitely try to have the best conversation going there. So if you're not already on my email list, please just go to my website, rachelgilbert.com. You can sign up to be on my email list. That way um, we can stay connected there, okay? All right, so that's all that I have for today. Um, We'll be taking a break from the show over the holidays so I can spend some good quality time with my family and prepare for the launch of the weekly episodes in 2020. I pray that you all have a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and I'll see you back here in 2020 on Real Talk with Rachel.